Todd Carnahan, a.k.a. Punk Rod Todd, founder of Los Punk Rods and organizer of the Greaserama. Thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. First of all, what's a Greaserama? Oh, it is a rod and custom show and sort of um, custom culture festival. And it's all geared towards uh, home-built, low-buck, and uh, traditional nostalgia-type hot rods and custom cars and motorcycles. Um, We started in 2001. As I believe it was last year also, you will be having it at a drive-in theater this year. Yeah. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that experience. That, that was our that was our first year at the drive-in, and uh, it's just a really neat venue. Um, it's an old drive-in that is. I mean, it just it looks like, and the whole neighborhood around this drive-in, it it looks like you know it could be 1959. I mean, you you, you go out in the neighborhood, and there's there's no blow molded sign, there's no Wendy's or anything like that. I mean, it's a real time warp around here. It's pretty neat, and. Um, and it's a it's a medium sized drive in, um, and uh, you know it's pretty cool. You know the 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 lot's a little a little rough, you know, and it's got the old speakers, and uh, and you can tune in on your uh, your uh, your FM dial too, you know, which is cool because we'll we'll have the the uh, the bands going on that and everything, and and that makes it kind of neat. You can like uh, record it with your ghetto blaster. You know? <laughs> And you actually will be showing movies at the drive-in. Yeah, yeah, Mad Max and Thunder Road, four or five bands before that. Uh, what are some of the bands? Uh, the bands that day are Royal Dead, uh, Psychobilly Band from Denver, um, Federation of Horsepower from Kansas City, Outlaw, that's from Kansas City too, Big One Man Band, who used to be from Lawrence, and uh, moved away. He lives in uh, Memphis now. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the sort of culture surrounding the show and uh, just sort of that car and custom culture. And aside from when they have, you know, like loincloth barbarians painted on them or half-naked women spread eagle on their hood, do you, do you consider cars art? Uh, very much so. I mean, more like craft, really. The thing about the whole automotive form of expression, especially in this so-called custom culture sort of subculture, is that it is functional art. It's very working class, you know. Um, Working class people don't have that luxury of just art for art's sake as much. You know, they... They have to express themselves with something that is uh, usable. Uh, you know, for me to be able to to use that much of my energy and time and and, and money up on something that is, uh, you know, for aesthetics, I have to be able to drive it to work too. And so it's kind of like uh, folk art, but folk art that you can use. Yeah, folk art on wheels.
let's talk about the punk rods themselves, uh, of which I assume you are a founding, if not the founding member. Who are the punk rods? Uh, we're just a car club that uh, we just sort of... we. Uh, I started it just to encourage... Uh, my friends and I just to sort of feed off of each other's creativity and, and enthusiasm about our cars and the network and everything. And, and it was a real, uh, you know, like back in the 50s and 60s, there, there was a big, it was a real big part of the culture. You know, a bunch of guys that had a logo, you know, and jackets, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and the car clubs had a purpose. You know, whereas, you know, other guys with a logo and a jacket, uh, you know, they just hung out on street corners and stole hubcaps and shit like that, you know. <laughs> but the guys in the car clubs, you know, they they either whatever, worked on their cars or, you know, volunteered at the drag strip or whatever. And so we just wanted to kind of continue that tradition, but with, uh, you know, our cultural influences you know added to the mix uh, most of us are old punk rockers and we're always been into uh just the do-it-yourself ethic you know a lot of us have put on shows in the past been in bands you know put out zines whatever and um and so that that sort of double entendre about you know punk rods uh is taken from a tv show the monsters ah yes and uh, where Herman Muster hops up the family vehicle and takes it to the drag strip. <laughs> and uh, he comes home with the all decked out like a hood. And he's got this leather jacket on it that says the punk rods on it. And, uh, and so we, you know, took that, you know, and that sort of gave a nod, you know, uh, in a couple different ways. To, to what we're about because that whole monsters thing that whole monster thing and that 60s cage and models um and uh to a lesser extent the whole psychedelic you know the garage rock that was going on in the mid 60s you know the pre-hippie era that was just like what we grew up you yeah. know looking at you know like old comic books and old monster magazines and old hot rod magazines you know that might have been our our big brother stuff, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that influenced us and that we dug, you know, the whole Big Daddy Roth monster shit. Obviously, Herman Munster is also reflected in the sort of recurring logo of the Greaserama. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we incorporate one of the, uh, you know, some monsters imagery and, and, and every year, you know, it's sort of a trademark deal. <laughs> um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was Eddie Munster. We stuck Eddie Munster's head on Angus Young from ACDC. <laughs> And so and a lot of these deals are real rockabilly-oriented, you know, because these things, they're similar things, you know, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon all over the country, right? But uh, a lot of them are real rockabilly-oriented, and we're just not so much into that. Uh, you know, we're all like rockabilly, but we're not like rockabilly people. You don't have the cigarettes rolled up in your uh, white T-shirt sleeves or anything? Well, you know, when I was 10, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, obviously, uh, music seems to have influenced the punk rods quite a bit, and uh, you already mentioned that you have a punk background. Talk a little bit more about your background in the 80s hardcore scene. Well, you know, I, I bounced around as a kid, and I, I uh, you know, I was around at the outhouse, you know, uh, and the, I think I was at the first outhouse show there in Lawrence, you know. I, uh, you know, saw a lot of gigs in that town. Uh, but I also grew, I grew up back and forth from the Midwest in L.A., and I, I saw a lot, of, a lot of punk rock shows in the early 80s uh, out in L.A., and so, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, I carry that whole DIY, you know, ethics, like, you know, that's what punk rock's all about. It's like, why not do it yourself, you know? And, you know, punk rock uh, really... Uh, shaped my attitude. It's like there's no rules, you know, and, that, and you see that a lot, like in the way people are building these cars now. It's like there are no rules, and uh, it's it's really freeing, and and there's a lot of creativity going on, and I think that's a direct direct result. So, what do you think came first, the punk rock or your passion for cars? Oh, punk rock, definitely. I mean, you know, um, I. Uh, you know, I always liked American cars, and you know, I, I grew up with Hot Wheels, and and you know, so really maybe cars, but obviously, you know, I, I had to get old enough to drive. You know, and I was out uh, punk rocking until dawn when I was fourteen. You know, uh, a couple, you know, three years before I had it, my first pickup truck. Exactly when did you start getting into cars, like sort of not full-time, but when did that start of like consuming your life? It wasn't until I was in my, when I, when I bought the first car with an intention of it to being a custom. Ten years ago when I actually started customizing stuff. Before that, I just always had some kind of an American V8 that I that I knocked around in and maybe did a couple little things, but it wasn't like I want to make this car a project. I just wanted to have something with a V8 in it that was cool that I could drive around and chase skirts in. <laughs> but it was a to it's a totally different head when you have that intention that you want to create. way it's being packaged is as a greaser-centric festival, the Greaserama, actually, it's in yeah. the name. I mean, to most people, greaser kind of sounds like a fart gone bad or something. What, what is a greaser to you, and, and what is the appeal of that sort of 1950s subculture? Um, just, uh, it's just that kind of, I don't know, just working class, bad boy, you know, free spirit ethic, you know. A greaser is a guy that's not afraid of getting his hands dirty. He generally uh, listens to cool music and is not uh, really uh, into, you know, doesn't have aspirations like for white collar nine to five type of thing. Um, you know, I mean, the images that, that, I, that I always conjured up was, you know, a guy with a few tattoos and greasy hair and engineer's boots and leather jacket and he'd like to you know mess around with cars and 
get in fights, you know. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of which, will I get my ass kicked if I were to call you or one of the other punk rods Pony Boy or Fonzie? <laughs> you know, I think uh, everybody's uh, pretty, that, that's a pretty, uh, that's something that's in the vernacular that everybody kind of jokes about, <laughs> you know. Uh, I actually, my little uh, pet derogatory name for the, like, Rockabilly Billy Purist types yeah. is uh, Potsy Rockers. Potsy Rockers. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, and, I mean, those, all, those images are, you know, something that uh, we poke fun at quite a bit. Well, it's it's good that um, you at least have a sense of humor about it. I imagine well, the, I imagine yeah. the hardcore greasers probably get sick of the Happy Days and John Travolta, Olivia Newton, John Grease well, references. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, when I when I was a kid, you know, when I was like sixteen, seventeen, I moved to Wichita from Hollywood, California. Yeah, you know, and people in Wichita had no fucking idea. They have never seen anything. They'd never seen a kid with a leather jacket, greasy, spiked hair, and engineer's boots. <laughs> Their granddad, you know, dressed like that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what everybody called me was Bonzi. <laughs> if it wasn't Elvis, you know. And and so that was pretty annoying. But I don't know. That there's you know, there's different subsets and all you know, subcultures. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just going to express myself. And I'm older, so I don't, I don't try to impress anybody. Uh, do any of the punk rods have any ties with Lawrence? Um, well, we started in Lawrence, uh, you know, from... We started in 99, and I lived there until 2002. And we used to have uh, monthly picnics in 2000, 2001, and then part of 2000, and, well, yeah, 2002, the whole year, we had uh, monthly picnics uh, that were like cruise, you know, things. People would bring their cars at Birchin Park. It was last Sunday every month, and we'd have bands play, and, uh, you know, it was a big party. And we also had a, a uh, shop up there in North Lawrence for about a year and a half that we all, just a bunch of us, just went in on and shared. We had a bunch of, uh, you know, big parties there, like open house type of things there. But, you know, getting back to your, you know, immediate focus, which is the Greaserama, <laughs> how long have you been organizing it, and how much of a uh, beast is it to organize? Uh, I mean, every year it gets markedly bigger. I mean, it just it keeps growing, and as it grows, it, it gets a little, uh, it gets to be more and more work. But uh, subsequently it has also attracted more people to my car club and so i've gotten more help you know so and and we're getting things dialed in you know just as sort of a crew you know and i've got a lot of everybody in this club is really hard-working people i mean this is a club that's built around hard work i mean you know old rusty cars are hard to work on so people aren't daunted by by getting dirty and um 
so that's you know i mean i get more and more people so but it's it's you know there's a lot involved because we have a we have a mobile art show that is uh we have people from all over the country participating in you know it's not just local stuff and so we've got to recruit artists and uh and then we have, you know, a dozen bands throughout the weekend, and then we always do a lot of companion art. We do a couple of different um, uh, silkscreen posters every year, mm-hmm. and the guy that does most of our uh, our silkscreen posters is in Lawrence. Uh, Johnny Longhurst, yeah, he's a real good printer, and uh, his dad was a, uh, was a printer, too. His dad used to do, like, a lot of, like... Uh, underground press type of stuff uh, art um back in the 60s there in lawrence when it was the big you know hippie collective <laughs> yeah the big mecca i mean he did he did he did like stuff for s clay wilson and you know some some uh you know real art cult figures from that time And um, the Greaserama is going to be a competition, is it not? There's going to be various categories in which the, both the cars and the art are going to be judged in? Well, we, we give out trophies for just picks of our favorite cars in different sort of uh, categories. What are some of the categories? Um, there's, one called, there's one we give away called Fool Injected. And it's for the most ridiculous intake, um, like not necessarily the the biggest um, intake on an engine, but like the most carburetors that like aren't even like maybe may or may not be necessary to have <laughs> that many or or uh, you know it's it's a very uh, it's a stylistic thing. It's it, it's you know if you don't understand the, the subculture, you 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 kind of don't understand it. Um, but just it, it it's just silly stuff. Um, our our sort of best in show. It's not even like best in show. It's just like whatever's most striking to us. It's called the jaw dropper, um, and it's always usually like a skull of some sort with its jaw like you know attached and like hanging like last year it was hanging from a chain um down it and they're always made of auto parts and skulls and uh, what has been the most jaw-dropping car that you've seen in the years that you've been putting on the greaserama well last year's was a 30 model a ford that was just severely channeled meaning that the the body was put way down over the frame, and the frame was modified quite a bit, and it was just really well made. The workmanship was just awesome. It was totally, totally hand-built, and it, was, it just had a lot of neat touches, and that's the deal. Is, and then the year before that, it was something that was pretty simple. It was, it was just a flat black uh, 50 Ford with just a really beautiful... A seaweed green seaweed flame job on it, and but it was just right on. You know, it was just the way the guy detailed it and the way the way he put it together. Uh, it, it just really popped. It's just subtle things. You know how somebody puts something together. 
going back to the craftsmanship that you were talking about. Yeah, and, and style, you know, and taste, and, and restraint. There's, there's a lot of lack of restraint in some of these things, too. Can't be sort of shit like Fool Injected Award, you know, <laughs> and I do one called the Einstein Award, and I'll have like a light bulb coming up out of the skull, and that's for innovation and fabrication, and not necessarily tasteful just like wow that's really neat that that guy came up with that and sort of the flip side to like the jaw dropper what is the silliest most tasteless thing that you have seen at the greaserama oh i don't know i i wouldn't i i couldn't think of anything out of the top of my head you know i there's something to appreciate in everything you know they're all somebody's expression of somebody's uh personality but uh, we had cars from California last year. There was a guy from Georgia, people from Montana. So from the various corners of the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, people, you know, I mean, it, it, this is a, you know, a subculture. So, you know, it, it, uh, when you're in any kind of subculture, you know, it really shrinks the world for you. And since the Greaserama is going to be at a drive-in, which drive-in is it again? It's the Boulevard Drive-In Boulevard. in Kansas City, Kansas on Merriam Lane. Merriam Lane. It's uh, Sunday the 2nd, right? Yeah. Right. And there's going to be like a whole weekend of activities planned. Like yeah, going we, like a we pre-party do a pre-party, a uh, rock and roll show at the record bar on the Saturday night. And it'll be early in the evening that that parking lot will be full of hot rods. Yeah. You know, so it'll be like a real hot, you know, parking lot hangout type of deal. Just uh, right on the outskirts of Westport. But back to the, the drive-in. To try to recapture that sort of 50s drive-in experience, will people be allowed to sneak booze and extra people and their trunks into the drive-in? Well, um, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever done that with the, you know, in the trunk thing at, <laughs> at our deal. Um It'd be kind of a drag for the people in the trunk because, you know, it starts in the afternoon, and, and it, it's pretty warm. Yeah, yeah. You know, on Memorial Day weekend, and um, it gets kind of backed up because uh, it's a pretty big show, and uh, it, you're sitting out there in the driveway for a while um, sometimes. So just for safety measures, probably not a good idea. No, I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it. Not to mention, you know. I hope everybody supports the show, you know, because it doesn't get put on for free, you know. I noticed that in some of your, not promotional materials, but some of the photos I saw online of uh, previous festivals, that uh, there is some overlap between the uh, the punk rods and Kansas City roller derby worlds. Uh, yeah, the roller warriors always come out, and they, they're real supportive. Uh, they come out, and, and they... Uh, they sell, like, like bake, sale, bake sale type of stuff, you know, and T-shirts. We actually, uh, a couple matches ago they had, we came and, and parked all our cars, like, right up on the, by the gate and the sidewalk, you know, and, you know, just kind of, you know, just kind of cross-promote and network, you know, support your local, you know, do-it-yourself stuff. I mean, that's a total DIY thing they came up with. And uh, yeah, actually, next year, I uh, with another event, not with Grease Ramble, we're going to do a springtime event. And I think 
one of the movies I want to get is the Kansas City Bomber. Ah, uh, very good. With uh, Raquel Welch, uh, if I remember. Raquel Welch, yeah. made in the 70s. <laughs> about the Kansas City Bombers. You exactly. know, was a, there was a, that was a team here. Yeah. Back when, you know, roller derby was big the first time. Yeah. The punk rods and the uh, Kansas City Roller Warriors need to organize some sort of, like, old-fashioned rumble. Just, <laughs> <laughs> like, go at it with plastic switchblades and stuff. It'll be great. Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to do something like that, like the, the second year, have a rumble reenactment uh, with some uh, visiting greasers or something. Yeah. But it just, uh, like, when I have a million ideas and only about, you know, 25% of them actually get executed. Well, uh, sort of as a final pitch to somebody who's considering going to the Greaserama, how would you package the event for somebody who's on the fence? Uh, it'll blow your fucking mind. If you've never seen anything uh, like this uh, before, I mean, it's nothing like any car show that you think of if you haven't been to something like this. Um you'll be very surprised. And it's well-rounded, you know? I mean, uh, no matter what kind of... If you like raucous rock and roll of any any style, uh, you're going to dig a couple of the bands, you know, whether you like Garage, you like Rockabilly, uh, you like Stoner Rock, or uh, Honky Tonk, you know? Uh, there's always stuff you're going to dig. Notice that uh, Lawrence's very own The Spook Lights will be playing at the yeah, record bar. I'm looking. Re- I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, again, uh, those sort of like 50s and 60s throwback subcultures seem to be weaving together, and uh, both the roller derby and uh, the punk rods. And uh, oh yeah, with, uh, everything's cyclic, you know. But uh, you know, rather than uh, just recycle stuff, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun to to put your spin on it. You know, and that's part of that no rules thing. You know, you take shit from. Uh, from all the different decades and subcultures and, and throw them together the way you like it, you know. Um, I think that's a lot more fun than trying to reenact something uh, sort of by rote. Todd, thanks a lot for your time tonight. Okay. 